And joining me now, there he is, pulled over on the side of the road because we can't have anybody <laughs> driving while they're uh, coming on the Stripe Show podcast. My man, Dana Dahlquist, joining us from the West Coast. How are you? A cup of coffee in hand, ready to go. Yeah, doing good. I'm in my redneck Tesla in L.A. How are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> so so how do you like your coffee? What is that? I mean, give us what's in there. Um, this is basically a latte. It's just okay. whole milk milk and a stevia um i used to do that bulletproof thing for a while and which is great but i really like eggs in the morning so it's kind of like pick your poison um yeah oh yeah you know i don't i don't really fast either so uh, i like food so yeah me too god me too man and you know i like to have a couple beers and then with the food and then you know you kind of lose the workout and you know it it it, uh it it adds up quick (laughs) And, yeah, um, yeah. so how, how busy are you right now? <laughs> um, yeah. Are you, you as know, busy as you've ever been right now with, with teaching yeah. and students and the whole bit? Yeah. I mean, things are still kind of the same. Um, it's always busy here. Um, I actually brought on an assistant to take overflow. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's an interesting thing, right? You have to balance out the travel schedule versus the lesson yeah. schedule home. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, Travis is weird because I still, I probably could just go sever and just do that. But I just, I don't think that's the right thing to do, especially when like I kind of specialize in one little area, um, which is just the golf swing side of things. I, I think mm-hmm. it's, it's good to work with, a lot of the younger players. Um, I think it's my yeah. responsibility in some form, but yeah. 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 It's busy. I'm not well going to Yeah. I think that's well said. You know, you're kind of, um, you're feeding the business with multiple things, right? Yeah. It's not just, yeah. it's not just all in here or all in here. It's like, no, I can, I can kind of do a little bit of all of that just in case yeah, down the right. road. Maybe I don't want to do that anymore. Maybe I don't want to travel anymore. I'm just going to stay home and work with my players here or vice versa. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's smart. Now to your, your specialty on the swing, um, we mm-hmm. got to get to this guy here. You know, he's, okay. he's the man right now, right? Coming off his win in Mexico, Jake Knapp. I know you know him, um, his longtime coach, uh, John Ortega. And you've recently kind of came on in the last, uh, sounds like, you know, a couple years and, you know, via mm-hmm. your texts that you sent me was kind of more of his technical guy. Take us back to, when you've started with nap and um, this cool move, man, I love, I love this move. I've known, I've known who Jake has been for a while and have always just loved to swing, which we'll get to here in a second, but take us to yeah. how it started with this guy. Well, you know, it's interesting because, um, you know, Johnny and Jake, you know, I've known for a long time and, you know, we're friends. Um, you know, I've sent a lot of people putting wise, especially to Johnny. I mean, I, I think, mm-hmm. It's interesting, Travis, because not to take you on a tangent here, but um, he's done, in my opinion, more looks and research with putting than a lot of people have. So much so that he's, you know, built putters based off that. And so it's it's interesting because, like, um, you know, I'm looking at it from kind of a completely other side of the fray, which is just the technical of the golf swing. Um, so like my role is like, okay, like what is this ground force stuff doing? 
you know, what are his track men numbers doing? And then, you know, based off his golf swing, there's and a couple particular shots, like there's kind of a recipe and that's just it. So it's nothing more complex than that. Um, now when it gets into the coaching side of things, um, and, you know, understanding, you know, what Jake does because the sample size is his whole life, um, Ortega's there, you know? And mm -hmm. so I think it's a, a cool thing and, and it should be more like this, um, because, you yeah. know, if my job's done then it's done and then, you know, keep doing your thing. But, um, yeah, it, it's interesting. I think like we all have little specialties that, yeah. that players might need or might not need. So, um, with Jake, it was kind of like, okay, well with my driver, obviously he has club head speed. How do I manage that by any means possible? And, um, what are some options around what I do? And instead of going, I'm going to change the golf swing, which you would never do. Mm -hmm. Um, how do we find a fairway when we need to, um, what are the numbers look like when we do that? And then what are maybe some mechanical pieces that keep me doing that? Because generally, generally what was happened, you know, and, and you've seen this is like, I want to hit more fairways. So a player typically shortens everything up. If de facto they hit a fairway, it's like, okay, great. But what if the possibility is, is that you metrically, improve your driving by eight to 10% without losing that distance. Because obviously guys like Rory McIlroy hit every fairway that they look at or Bryson. So, and what's cool is, you know, with Jake, he has that similarity, he has that club head speed, he has all that. So why, you know, take that away, shorten up his swing and make him chip it out there at 120 miles per hour instead of 130. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's kind of the, the the route we've gone we've kind of have two different driver moves um hmm. that aren't that that aren't that far apart it's just a setup change and a couple little metrics so when i look at this swing and yep. you know johnny sent me he he sent me some stuff from like 2015 and i i, I was like you know has his swing always been this long fluid beautiful yeah i mean like literally I could sit there and watch the guy swing for days. I mean, it's just, it's just yeah. so fluid. And, and what I appreciate is the length of the swing, to be honest with you. Yeah. It's kind of cool to see this old little classical um, length in the swing or the little John Daly S maybe not quite as far as John, but you would see some guys get that club pass parallel with the driver like this. Um and then from For there, sure. unleash it, unleash it with this beautiful sequence of the body and this energy being stored out to the club head at the right time. I mean, just this awesome sequence and fluid, to, you know, and, and fluid. And so yeah. it's cool to hear you say that sounds like, you know, him coming to you. One of the main goals was hitting more fairways. Right. And, and how do we do that? And and I think what's cool is you you didn't shorten it up. Rather, yeah. you went to some things that maybe, you know, went to a fairway finder. So let's talk about a few of those things that, you know, might help. One, oftentimes mm -hmm. what you'll hear is, you know, we'll tee it down, right? Maybe the, the attack angle won't be as up. We'll kind of trap it, a little fade mm -hmm. kind of feel. Is that the case with Jake mm -hmm. or is it more of a different direction to hit, hit more yeah. fairways? Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. So like his, his 
normal let it out swing is like two or three up on it. I mean, it could mm -hmm. go more, but, um, you know, at his carry, um, it's really not viable to do that if the fairway is really, really pinched. Now, we, we have to understand, like, his club head speed is not in range of what the PGA Tour is. So the the caveat is when it relates to angle of attack is always about uh, essentially club head speed, right? So mm -hmm. if you're not capable of creating 118 miles per hour club head speed, um, you're going to be closer to level, maybe one up, maybe two up. And that's kind of perfect um, because once you start, unless the fairway is just a rock, um, you know, you're not going to hit one or two down on a driver. Well, in Jake's case, when he hits about one down to zero, um, he's still producing, you know, 187 ball speed. Yeah. So, um, and that's kind of cool. Now, does he <laughs> yeah, get say. the same carry? No, <laughs> but it's far enough, right? That's, that's the argument. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, um, and it's also kind of the same with throughout the bag. So like with, even when you look at irons, um, the angle of attack actually doesn't change that much. Um, it's more like controlling how his upper body radius and how his tilts work, essentially, where it does appear more on top of it. Um, it mm -hmm. does appear to be a little bit more spatial and all that kind of stuff. Um, and he kind of pulls the curve off of it. So, um, so he knows like when things get, little bit too much curve from right to left he can yeah. zero that out over time yeah yeah and i think i, well, I want to dig into that just a little bit before we go to the other view because yeah. the attack angle conversation is valid right that you know we'll yeah. get the attack angle we'll share it with the student and they know okay yeah. and they know enough now i think the student's more educated okay if i hit up more i can hit it longer all right yeah okay so you got to factor that in yeah you were two degrees down and we got you one to two yeah. up and that's a nice change right and off you go. Well, if I hit four or five up, all of a sudden, yeah. you know, every once in a while they can, you know, really sling one out there. But is that attack angle with this speed that we're talking with here, as, as it starts to increase too much, it can like, it, it can get to a point where we start to hit that high hook, right? And the ball starts to roam around on the face. And even at a high skilled player like Jake, it's like the attack angle, it's getting a little, yeah, I know if we go more this way, maybe we can hit that bomb out there once in a while, but it, the, the bigger right. miss comes into play too much. And so we got to yeah. back it down a little bit, right. And get that attack angle, maybe yeah. even one degree down knowing, yeah. yeah, we're sacrificing a little bit, but my God, it's just a bullet out there. And with your speed, you're, you're still hitting it past most. Yeah. So like, it's interesting thing. Like Rory McRoy told me years ago, this is like, I was at the BMW in Chicago and I think it was the Chicago. It was, no, it was in Illinois. Uh, anyway, mine laps. Um, he hits with his bomb uh, driver about five up. Five up now, yeah. how he hits five up might be different than how another player hits five up. So it's not mm -hmm. apples to apples in conversation. Like some guys do it with right side bend yep. if you're right-handed. Some guys do it with the wrist angles, do it more. Um, so there's a lot of different ways to skin that cat. So just blankly saying that mm -hmm. hitting more up is bad. It's like, well, how you do it kind of matters. Now, um, 
I, I do think that um, I wouldn't teach somebody to hit five up for sure. Um, yeah. But if your swing is geared where you can sustain that at certain times and you don't create a big miss, then fine. So be it. But because, yeah. um, you know, people say, well, if you hit teaching somebody to hit five up is going to make them hit it errant. And OK, maybe. Um, but how you do it kind of matters. And it's not yeah. there's there's options there. Yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah, fair point um, on how it and how it goes about. It, there's a, there's probably there's a play speed, and then there's probably a play attack angle, right? That sure, you know, sure. especially at these at these high skill players. I want to go to the other view because we're gonna uh, before we get to AK, he's out there, Anthony Kim, and we were chatting yeah. before we came on. And I want to show you his swing, and you know, I, I'll tell you, I like this swing for a lot of reasons. I like the length of it. Um, you know, I like the change of knee flex, the tilt, all those things. I, I, I like the idea that the way the club kind of gets pointing a little right, you know, with the length mm-hmm. of the swing. And then from there, that shaft just naturally pitches back and mm-hmm. gets to the right form. And I, and I made a tweet. I said, look, I think there's a lot of things you can learn from Jake swing from an amateur perspective. Like I'm not one. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, I'm bringing this up because I take a lot of bullets for this. I'm going to, I'll, I'll put this, swing up of this young man just a you know a mid handicap that i see a lot where you know up top there the club head you can't really see it because the light but the club gets behind his hands early gets up to the top like all right fairly organized but then it steepens coming down and he kind of you know dives across it clanks it on the toe a lot some pulls some weak fades and so on the bottom it's like all right club heads a little more out in front of him and then now he's making a little deeper turn and and like consciously trying to point the club a little bit more to the right and then yeah. no, 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 absolutely zero discussion on the downswing. The shaft pitches back much better to the right form, and he's, you know, hitting it more in the center of the face, higher, et cetera, and, and yeah. deeper. And so this conversation of getting the shaft pointing at the top a little left versus right, I'm just going to mm-hmm. make a general statement. I'm just going to make a general statement because I know everybody's different. Sure. But for an amateur player, right? An amateur player and, and, and seeing these mid handicaps come through our places, I look at Jake and I'm like, all right, first move, club heads out in front, toes down a little bit, N- nice deep turn to the top, club maybe just pointing ever so gently to the right with the square face. Yeah. And then it pitches back. Like that model right there yeah. is going to help so many amateurs. Who- <laughs> yeah who get it sucked inside and or open the shaft, you know, pointing left, you know, too laid off. And then they just pull down and it gets steep. And it's so, I just kind of, in some ways, hang my hat a little bit on this pattern, knowing that the majority of amateurs are going to (laughs) benefit from what they bring to the table. So there you have it. That's why I love Jake swing. I think it's a great example of mm-hmm. so many that need to lengthen it out, use the plane this way, and they would be a better golfer for it. Yeah, agreed. Thousand percent. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just, I don't know, man. Like, I, I've always watched a swing. And it's like, man, this is a, such a nice, refreshing golf swing in, in so many ways. And it's, and, and, and Dana, it's like, um, and, I'll, and I'll segue to AK, because you and I have talked about this. Like, when we got into the business 20, 23 years ago, whatever, like, some of the, I can remember like some of the ideas were like, hey, turn the upper and not the lower. I mean, that was kind of the perception, yeah. right? And yeah. and so like Anthony Kim's back and like I bring in this swing now and we look at this. Like Anthony kind of 
he always, to me, was an example of that, right? Yeah. In his era. Like, you look at his swing up top there, Dan, like, you know, you know, obviously great shoulder turn, but his lower mm-hmm. looks stable. Like, it doesn't look like he's given up much in the lower. And that yeah. right knee is flex. There's not much change of knee flex. His pelvis is probably staying a bit more level than what we saw with, with uh, uh, Nap. And yeah. As a result, his upper kind of lean, it's almost like leaning to the right a little bit, right? Like, yeah, th- this was very much his era, wasn't it? Like, there was a lot of golf yeah. swings like this. Yeah, it's it's funny because, um, not to get controversial here, but you know, I was kind of on the other side of that because I was a Mac guy. <laughs> so, yeah, when yeah. you know, it was kind of like get more tilts, get your trail hip higher and more turned. So, you know when I would do a lesson back then, let's just say it's in 2000, 2001, um, people were getting two different forms of information and I had to battle that where now it's like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah you're good. You just turn your hips more, but, um, <laughs> or, or have a little more left side bend, but yeah, it, it was, it's interesting, right? You, you kind of nailed it where essentially Anthony's pattern has more forward bend in it. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. and it definitely is more to the right. Um, but here's a guy who, you know, and we could argue, right? Like I know end of his career, he was dealing with some issues. Um, you know, they, some, I know, I know Dan Rappaport said that he had driver yips and you look at it, you're like, yeah, yeah it could have looked like that. Now we don't know, Mm-mm. um, if that was something else, right. Was that really mechanics was because he was incredibly good prior to that. Um, oh yeah, for sure. And, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting, right? Like, is it really a mechanical change that needed to occur in order for him to do, do that? Or was it just lifestyle? Was it perception of thinking? Um, Cause the mind is a very unique situation um, when you start missing some balls. Like, where does it take you? Um, so, I don't know. I I was I I do know. So, a friend of mine played with a, with Anthony before he left, and they played a very difficult golf course from 7,700 yards. So, from the tips, and he shot like seven under. So, um, <laughs> whatever he does in competition, might we might see it like either he goes really low or he doesn't. Um, and that's just the pressure of competition, you know? Yeah. Um, no doubt. No doubt. We'll see. And, 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 you, could, <laughs> and you could see it and, and, and go, going back to Jake, like you could see it in the beginning of Jake's final round on Sunday, right? At, like it's just competition and it's, and you, and you live and learn and you get nervous and you learn from mm-hmm. those situations. And then he kind of rebounded and obviously, you know, kind of, got it back together and won the tournament. But, yeah. you know, the nerves do different things to different people. And I'm sure it'll yeah. hit Anthony Kim. I'm sure he's he, he's going to be nervous. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I don't know how you yeah. couldn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it is just You're it is a human fascinating. being, right? I mean. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it is fascinating when I think of Anthony Kim. Like, it's, you know, that was kind of a golf swing of that era in many ways. Um, yeah. You know, Ernie Els kind of in a bigger version of this kind of, did a lot of this stuff, you know, and, and, you know, he didn't have a lot of change of knee flex in his backswing and the right side of the pelvis and all those things. And I got to tell you, his swing looks damn near identical, man, on the bottom there. And it did the last time we saw him uh, 12 years ago. And 
look, this is a pattern. I'm not saying this is a wrong pattern. I'm just saying this is a pattern of that generation. And obviously Anthony Kim For was sure. a fabulous player. Fabulous. Yeah. I'm interested. Yeah. I'm interested to see, and maybe your friend shared this, how what his speed is with the driver. Like, where is he at? Age 38. Um, is it is he up there close to 300 off the oh, team? Yeah, he yeah, he was pumping it. I mean, um, okay, okay, yeah. And and the other guy is club champion at Riviera, so like they oh, both wow. can okay. play, they both can play. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's kind of it, it's interesting, right? Like, it at some point, you, you said something interesting about like Sunday with Jake, it was the best thing. I was talking with Faxon yesterday, um. Mm-hmm. It was the best thing that could happen to Jake is to not be perfect on Sunday. Um, and not only for him, but everybody now has understanding that golf is played not linear. You know, it's mm-hmm. played um, the right way. And so um, I made sure that a lot of my, my juniors um, recognize that and people that I connect with and hopefully people here, it's like, okay, yeah, you're number one and two and driving, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then you struggle on Sunday, but then you actually played golf, you know, um, you're able to win with your C game, um, which is something that Tiger Woods did numerous times. And um, that makes you a complete player and a better player. So, um, you know, you're, you can't have it all four days and, on a Sunday final group, it's kind of cool because we see a lot of guys that go out and hold a lead and they can't close it. And it was cool that this guy did. So um, I think that's yeah. well said, you know, that's well said that it didn't go perfect. Um, you know, a mm-hmm. couple hooks stuck in there, but you know, he bounced back and, yeah. and found his, his flow made some birdies and was able to, yeah probably admittedly in the end say, look, I didn't have my best on Sunday and, but I, I got it done. You know, I won. And yeah, yeah I, I think that speaks volumes because it's not in linear. I go back to my junior days. can remember like, you know, something would go wrong and then I'd get so upset and like disappear for like three holes and then finally get my head out of my ass and start playing golf again. Right. Like, yeah. like it's not at some point you realize it isn't linear and it's, things are going to go wrong. <laughs> you yeah, know, like it's going to happen. You're going yeah. to miss hit some shots. It's going to go yeah. wrong. You're a human being. And so yeah, you have to 100%. learn to work through that. And, and, and I think at any level, not throw strokes away and get in your own way, continue to battle and, and get back on top, which he certainly did. Yeah. I think it's right. a great point um, with him. All right. Final thing. What's this kid mm-hmm. like? Tell us, tell us about, I mean, he's not, he's, what is he? 28, 29. I mean, he, yeah. I think they told us one or two times that he was a he was a bouncer, right? And they 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 yeah. love that. He's he was a yeah. bouncer. He's big big strong guy. But uh, let's finish up with this. What, what's what's Jake Knapp like the the person? Well, I think for your viewers, like you know, and especially demographically for younger people, like the golf industry needs relatability of um, of players, right? We need mm-hmm. you know we're, we're trying to elect a, a story. And, um, you know, what's really cool about a lot of the, the younger guys now, like in their 20s, I would say, even younger 30s, but let's say in their 20s, is there is a relatability factor. You know, it's kind of like the all-American story. Um, and where 
it, and what's also really cool, it isn't a situation where, um, you know, okay, I go to college, I want everything in high school, I want everything in college, and then I, boom, I'm on the tour. Um, the re- the re- the re- relatability piece is kind of predicated into the fact of like, I, yes, I did go to college, played, played really well, turned pro, I had some life challenges, as most individuals do. Um, I worked really hard. Um, I kept my perspective on myself as being a elite player. Um, and I didn't give up and here I am. So I think that's a big message for, um, a lot of young players coming up, right. If we're, if we're really truly trying to grow the game, um, there isn't one way to do it, but the perseverance and the idea of getting better continuously is the overguiding message. And, um, I think a lot of kids get down on the dumps when, you know, they don't, oh, I didn't do anything when I was 16. I didn't do anything when I was 17. And then their concept of who they think they are kind of falls to the wayside. Um, and, you know, obviously Jake never had that situation. Hmm. Um, and I think that's important. And it's good that we have examples, right? So, yeah, like, yeah. We, mm-hmm. we need to have more of these examples. And they need, they need to be thrown in front of us especially in today's time because i think today's time we're highly judgmental of performance yeah and um you know everybody's an armchair critic and it's it's difficult for kids to feel that um number one I, i'm going to get into this sport and you know you know it, it's they don't know which way to go with it if they're not like the best player on the team anymore yeah, because yeah. they're on social media, they're not holding up a trophy at 15. Yeah. So that's the difficult part. Instead of just playing golf because you love golf and you're good at golf, and that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, oh, that's. Uh, I think that's great advice uh, to any junior golfer listening, or a parent certainly of a junior golfer. That's that's fantastic advice as far as you know. You got to stay with it, you know, and and keep. Yeah. Like you said, you're 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 on the right track. You love the game. You're getting better. Just stay with those things. And, you know, sometimes it happens early. Sometimes it happens later. Uh, But, you know, golf is going to challenge you certainly in in so many ways. I think another example of that, and I'll finish with this, is, you know, I had a a, a student in here. He's probably like a 10 handicap, and he's down from about a 15 right now. And, you know, he always kind of makes the comment that, you know, I'm just – gosh, I'm so much better. I'm hitting it better and this and that. And some of my scores are starting to get lower, but I'm just so inconsistent. And I was like, you know, define consistency for me. Like, what does that mean to you in golf? And he's like, well, you know, I, you know, I, for example, I went out and I shot 79. That was great. It's one of my best rounds. And then, you know, and then the next day I shot, you know, 86. I'm like, well, that's, that's not inconsistent. Like that's just, that's golf. I mean, there's a, there's a bell curve here of, that yeah. you're going to, you're capable of shooting, you're, you know, and in the middle of the bell curve is kind of your stats and what you're, or your, um, what you're going to lost. There you are in there the middle are. of the bell curve is going to be the majority of the shots you're going to, or of the majority of the scores you're going to shoot. But as you taper off to the right, you know, you're also capable of shooting some higher scores, but you're also capable of shooting some lower scores. And so yeah. there is a range there and you see it on tour, you know, a guy might shoot 65 one day and, 73 of the next does that mean he's inconsistent no it just means 
that's golf. Like we all have yeah. this bell curve. And I, it's funny, Dan, like when I tell that to students and I show them and I'll draw it out and show them, I think that really hits home. And they're like, and they, and they back off and, and not be so um, difficult on themselves to yeah. feel like they've got to shoot for that 10 handicap that he should be shooting 79, 80 and 81 every single time out. Yeah. Yeah. So like we, when you start the game of golf and you start getting to that range, when you're a 10 handicap, 10, the 10 handicap is pretty good at golf. Sure. And yeah, they create absolutely. an, they create an identity. Now, whether I'm talking about a tour player or a 10 handicap, they all create this identity. And the struggle is, is exactly what you said. It's like, well, they're looking at the one side of the bell curve and that's their identity. They're mm-hmm. looking at the best. And so if they don't do that, there is a positive piece to that. It makes them work harder. But you're not trying to play golf to be depressed all the time because, <laughs> you know, that doesn't make any sense. Like, okay, let yeah. that be a motivator, but don't let that be your identity. Um, and, you know, for me, like, yeah, I struggle with that as just my career, right? Like, okay, Dana Dalk was the golf instructor, but, you know, Dana Dalk was likes to eat eggs too. So, like, which one is it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I think that's that's – I think from, from a golfing perspective, though, that's important for everybody. It's like you're more than just your handicap in golf. Yeah. You know, you, yep. you're going to strive to play for it, but don't let it identify you. Well said. We finished with that. Dana, I know you're a busy man. Appreciate your time here on the pod. <laughs> anytime. Anytime. I'll see you in Florida. You bet. Two weeks. Come yeah. right here. Sit right next to me. I'll, uh, I'll feed you. I'll make you some That'll eggs. Fun. Sounds great. Sounds great. All right. <laughs>